Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pawnee. It's Greg and Jim, and we've got a great episode for you this week. First, we're talking about Meet and Greet, Season 4's fantastic Halloween episode. Yes, and then please stick around for our interview with my TV daughter, the one, the only, Millicent Gergich herself. Yes, Sarah Wright Olson, and you will love her. We're getting together to talk about all the things we used to do. The laughs, the passions, the little Sebastians, the pets with fell into. And we're putting it all in a podcast. Then we'll send it up into the sky. We're calling it Parks and Recollection. Come on, little podcast. Spread your wings and fly. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Parks and Recollection. We're back again. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Jim O'Hare, most known as Gary, Larry, Jerry, Terry, or even Barry, Parks and Rec. And then there's some dude sitting across from me. Who are you? Oh, thank you for Yeah, I feel like I just won a lot. Won the lottery. I'm Greg Levine. You know me. I've been the writer's assistant on Parks and Rec. I've been a writer on Parks and Rec. And now I have the honor to sit across from you talking about oh, Parks and Rec collection. lucky bastard. I'm, it's a joy. It's honestly, <laughs> you, you never know when you peak in life. Yeah, this like some, is it. You know, there's this thing like you never know when the best time of your life is going to be until you're yeah. at the end of it and you can look back and say, I guess that was one of the highs. I was feel like better when you had them. Is being with me better than when you had your baby? Be honest, great. Be honest. Be we honest. Say, right? Yeah, because yeah, she'll listen to this. Yeah, at some down point the road, she will listen. <laughs> I guess right now, I would say to you, it's better. But good, good in move. 10 years, 15, 20 years, when she's listening to this, I hope she knows that I said that just because of this hostage situation. You knew you had to. This hostage yeah, situation. And, and you, you also know, know that I, I will happily walk off in a huff I know. if you don't say what I want you to say. So I good. Know. Good. We're all on the same page. That's how you were on set, right? Yes. That is how I was on set. Everybody knew Amy. Everybody yeah. was like, oh, God, here's O'Hare. Be careful. Anything can happen. Don't set them off. I, I think it's important for people listening to know that that is actually not the case, that you were incredibly lovely. Oh, please. I had my moments. Well, you're a method actor. You're like, for this show, I'm going to be wonderful. Yes. Even though I happen to be a, just a terrible An idiot. absolute idiot. Yeah. I, I had mentioned this to Greg, uh, this little behind the scenes things. When I, when we were doing uh, Parks, you know, um, the ADs would come to your trailer, knock on the door, you know, Jim, hey, five minutes, warning, you're going to be going in. And every once in a while, I would have to say, um, you guys, I'm so sorry, but I'm in the middle of a Maury Povich story and I'm about <laughs> to find out who the baby daddy is yeah. and I don't want to miss it. Yeah. So they would normally accommodate. Sometimes it was like, Jim, we got 
got to go. What I, it is? What is it about episodes of shows like that where you're like, I never cared about this before. I'm probably not going to think about it maybe two seconds after it's over. But right now, I am so committed. So invested. Yes. Dude, I'm with that. So many of the reality shows. Because I'll watch a show and go, oh, this person, this person. And then the next season, who won last year? I have no concept of who even won. Yeah, yeah. It's silly. Well, you know, we don't care about other shows. No, no. This is the show we should be talking about. And by the way, this is not a show that leaves you. The moment after it's over. This is no. a show that stays with you so much that they said, hey, guys, come into a recording booth. <laughs> talk about it. Yes. So let's talk about this specific episode, right? It's season four, episode five. It's called Meet and Greet, written by the great, one of the greats, Katie Dippold. Truly one of the greats. Um, and directed by Wendy Stanzler, another yeah, great. Yes. Um, it aired on October 27th, 2011. And Jim, can you read a little blurb? Tell us what it's about. Yeah, well, Tom organizes a campaign event for Leslie, kind of, uh, but only seems to want to promote his company, Entertainment 720. And then April and Andy throw a, a baller Halloween party, okay? And unfortunately, they neglect to tell Ben. Um, and also, what's interesting is this episode was shot sixth in the production order, but you guys had always planned it to air fifth. Now, I have a question. Why does that happen? Well, that happens from time to time when... I don't know, we uh, have production needs or we have guest casts who can't show up on time or, or not show up on time, but we don't have them yet. So let's say we you know we're going to have someone in this episode, um, but they're unavailable for two weeks so we can right. push it. We would tend to not like to push things too much because there's a benefit from recording and shooting in order, as totally. close to order as possible. You know that. Totally for an actor. You can track your storyline, yes. your character's arc, what's happened before, but we'll do it for location reasons. We'll do it for a lot of reasons. Yeah. It's not often done. But in this case, I, I I was trying to remember why it happened. I think it may have been the requirements of the episode that's going to come after this and how where we needed to shoot it. But anyway, the, this is, there are shows that do this thing called block shooting. And that oh, yeah. scares the crap out of me. I have done it. And basically, it's when they'll block the whole season. And so if you have a location, you have to be somewhere in different episodes, you will shoot all those scenes from mm. the different episodes. I just find as an actor, yeah, it's very confusing. But if you have good, you know, obviously directors and producers and wardrobe and hair who keep right. you on track because you're constantly going, where are we? What is happening here? And I do believe there was once or twice we block shot a couple of scenes on parks. Am I making that up because I've done it on other shows and I'm confusing things? We have. There have been one or two times we shot two episodes at the same time, I remember. Yeah. One of them was, um, I th they're both, they're season five. I think they're one of them was my episode and the episode before it. And Dean wound up directing both of them. Um, I think for production needs and guest cast needs and everything, it was just easier to shoot it this way. Yeah. And so we shot over the course of 10, uh, 10 days because most uh, comedies uh, was five, half yeah. hours of five day shoot. Yeah. Um, we did two episodes over that time. I think in season seven, the last season, we did the same thing. Um, Which makes a lot of sense if you can use the same director, because if you're not using the same director, they right. are bouncing in and yeah. out. It's a, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I've done it. I find it very confusing. I love that in general, we shot week to week, episode to episode, yeah. because yeah. I'm not very bright. Well, we're already in our notes notes, these like fun little call outs about the episode. We talked about this production order thing. You know, another great thing I want to call out is that Andy and April's wrestler themed Halloween costumes <laughs> are a sumo wrestler after he lost the weight <laughs> and UFC fighter Chuck Liddell. Sadly, we don't get to see Ben in his Batman costume again, although when you're Batman, you're always Batman. Yeah, um, but also, you can't get enough of that. No, you just can't. And, you know. 
I don't know if this, I can't remember if this was intentional, but Chuck Liddell's UFC team is the pit. Ah, And as we all know, Andy fell into the pit. He fell in it. And now when you guys are in the writer's room, are you pitching what type of party this is going to be? I mean, you know, it's Halloween. Right. But how are you pitching all of our costumes? Because, you know, I was potato head and everybody was all sorts of different things. Well, you that's how you always are, right? You're always dressed I as potato head. I am always basically yeah, a potato yeah. head, yes. That, Greg, how, that hurt me deeply, really inside, just so you know. Well, okay. It really hurt, yeah. All right, so I got uh, I'm going to try to get through the rest of yeah. this episode, of, if, but yeah. if production can be ready to shut it all down yeah, at any yeah, second. Yeah. And for me, I see it as getting one point. Um, yes. <laughs> but... Halloween costumes tend to be tough when you want to make something that's both evergreen um, so that it can be watched at any point without too many specific cultural references. And also when you have to have things cleared, but they have to be legally cleared so you have the ownership oh, rights to them, right? That. Yeah. So if you are on a... Um, at NBC Universal, while they have a large library, I think the point was, let's just have things. You never know what ownership rights are going to be, and that can change. So someone can't just be a SpongeBob, because exactly. that could turn right. into a whole right. You have legal to either nightmare. approval or own right. the, the yeah, rights. Forget about it. all that. Yeah. One of the other great things uh, that we'll talk about when we get to Ron's story, but we find out what April and Andy have in that home toolbox of theirs, that, <laughs> that, that, that yes. loose bag of things. A hammer, a half-eaten pretzel a baseball card, some cartridge that says Sonic and Hedgehog, which is amazing because Ben Schwartz would go on to play Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, wow. Good one. A scissor half. <laughs> That's my favorite thing in the whole bag. Yes, a scissor it. half. Yeah, which yeah. maybe, because you know you call them scissors. I wonder if you just call them a scissor. Oh, you know, so, yeah. That's a shower thought. That is. And a flashlight filled with jelly beans. Brilliant. And then, you know, one other great list to call out here is the small businesses in attendance at Leslie's campaign event include Kernston's Rubber Nipples, Food and Stuff, JJ's Diner, Glenmore Discount Cemetery, Tramp Stamp Tattoos, <laughs> Enormous Kenny's Fried Dough Stand, and Mobile Phone Emporium, Smooth Operator Bikini Waxes, Jeff's Savings and Loan, and Sue's Salads. Oh, poor Sue. And there's this great moment. I, did you catch this? That I when, did. I had it written down in my notes. <laughs> when Absolutely. Sue's, when Sue's salads is mentioned, you can hear a very light but audible <laughs> groan from the audience. <laughs> and also, when Amy <laughs> Leslie is telling everybody, oh, and this person is here, yeah. JJ's, and, and, you know, smooth operator, blah, blah. And then when she goes, and Sue's salads. I mean, her whole physicality oh, yeah. changes. Yeah. It's just moment. And then Sue is, lights up a little because she's like, by the way, that's played by Becky Thayer, who is... Just one of the funniest. I did a hundred, really, it was a hundred years ago when I first moved to Los Angeles. I There was a show called She TV, mm. and it was all women. The cast was all women, and it had a, a SNL kind of mm. feel to it. And Becky was on there. And there in the, in the old days, there was a Lucky Vanos commercial. I don't know if anyone ever saw it, but it's where he would take off his shirt, and the women are just, oh, it's 11 o'clock. We have mm. to go to the window. And, and it was for Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bit was, I'm down there. I take off my shirt. Yes. But what I loved about the bit, they didn't do like, oh, it was, oh, look at that. Look at <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was very funny. Anyway, yeah. so I had worked with Becky before. And anyway, she's just so funny. <laughs> but when uh, when Amy says, oh, and Sue Salad, she lights up. And then two seconds oh, later, yeah. the moan from the audience. Oh, yeah. This was not the moment. moment you thought it would be, Sue. Yes, it was not your moment, Sue. But when you owe Sue, own Sue Salad, you don't have a moment. No, no, no. no your moments are few and far between. Um, well, let's talk about some of the first moments of the episode in our yeah. synopsis. Um, 
Andy and April decide to throw a big Halloween party at their house, but fail to inform their roommate, Ben. Ben decides not to confront them directly about it and be passive-aggressive instead, which, you know, always tends to work. It's gotten me 60 years. <laughs> also at the party, Jerry gives Chris permission to invite his daughter, Millicent, to come. Big mistake. Yes. Across town... <laughs> Leslie hires Tom's company, Entertainment 720, to organize a campaign meet-and-greet for her and these important Pawnee business owners that we mentioned. However, Leslie is annoyed to discover that the event is dominated by Entertainment 720 advertisements and images of Tom's face with hardly any mention of Leslie. I mean, wow, what a beginning of the episode. So a much. lot to start up. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the very first frame of the episode is a bag from food and stuff. It's Andy yes. and April talking about it, getting stuff for their party. For the party. Yep. All of these things for their party that they got at Food and Stuff. I just love that they really do have food there and a lot of stuff. And a lot of stuff. And I also love they. it's Andy and April. It's a talking head. And April just looks at the camera and they're talking about the party. And she goes, someone will die. And Andy, who's trying to, oh, oh no, no, of fun. And yes. she goes, and of murder. Yes, yes. I, I just, and she goes, there's dead people that we just murdered. There'll be blood orphans. Andy's like, there's no blood orphans. And then he's like, what is a blood orphan? Mm. Yeah, I just, brilliant. Yes, yes. Just brilliant. That's the fun of those two characters together, I think, in that they they so love each other, but they're so different in how they approach what fun is. Yes. Um, but I like that Andy's a little nervous about her Yeah, response. yeah. How far are you going to take this? How far are you going to take this? sweetie. Well, he's also met her friend Oren and yes. he will show up again. And yes. so there is darkness there. <laughs> oh, I love Oren, but we'll get to him. So the campaign event turns into a party for Tom's face, yeah, right? Big time. You know, Tom's going to be Tom. And I think just the balance of him being extremely selfish with being extremely thoughtful is just very, it's very apparent in this episode. It's clearly an important thing because it's going to set up the end of Entertainment 720. Yeah. Um, it's going to get Leslie to remember that as much as this campaign is important to me, my friends are equally important to me. I just like this. I like when we get these gray areas of, of Tom, that he's not just all swag. And, and bravado. Right. Yeah. But also in the episode, when he's convincing Leslie, he's going to be the one to do this for her, you know, to, to, to promote this the event, he puts a book in front of her. I don't know if you noticed this. That is so amazing. I mean, Tom, when he wants to do something, mm. he can really get it yes, done. Yes. That book was, it was almost a Leslie type book. Yes, that's a great with point. Everything that she could possibly need, everyone who's going to be there, who they're connected to. Like that's a lot of work. Right. So if if Tom had and he did learn where to put his energies, he's Pretty amazing. Yeah. But uh, most of the time, it's, he's too self-serving and he mm. screws up the whole damn thing. But I was blown away by that book. I thought that book was amazing. That's a great point. And it also shows you that, like, you know, Leslie does rub off on a lot of our characters, right? Yes, of course. Right. We got to talk about two things related to Chris in this episode that we just start, we just see at the beginning. First of all, Chris as Sherlock Traeger. Oh, this uncanny ability to text without looking at his phone. <laughs> I have to tell you, I remember the bit when it was pitched. I remember seeing the episode originally, watching it now in prep. There's something really beautiful and creepy about watching it happen. The yeah. perfect eye contact. Yes. Okay, so tell us about this moment then, Jim. So Jerry's telling Chris um, he's beautiful in the scene. He's beautiful. And then Chris returns <laughs> the compliment saying, you're beautiful on the inside where your spirit lives. <laughs> We don't talk about it too often, but Chris can be vain, right? Yes. In the previous episode, which we just, you know, talked about, he originally turns down the lunch with Jerry and Millicent, but only says yes once he sees that Millie is 
Very attractive. Oh, he's totally vain. Yeah. Uh, but also, think about this is a really horrible moment. So Jerry, just because Jerry's staring at him and goes, well, you're beautiful. Because like, yeah. Jerry just is Jerry. And yeah. there was certainly no, you know, I don't know, sexuality aligned to it. Or, it was just like, oh, my God, this man is so beautiful. <laughs> so he says it, which how what a lovely thing. If we could just say sometimes that to people, my God, you're beautiful. Yeah. How sweet. And he comes back with, well, you're beautiful. But then. On the inside, like, where your spirit lives. Yeah, I just, yeah. He just can't. He just, uh, he's so optimistic, but he has to tell a version of his truth. It is his truth. Yeah. It is not a visual that he can say is beautiful, but inside, yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's just. Well, beautiful. I'm lucky enough to stare across from you it's a every gift, day my in, friend. This, in this booth here, and I yes. can see your eyes, and you're beautiful. Yes. Well, back in our synopsis, Leslie is able to talk to the most influential person at the event, the Kernston's rubber nipple guy, Mr. President, as Leslie calls him. But then Tom pulls him aside to pitch him getting involved in Entertainment 720, which further upsets Leslie. Back at the Halloween party, Ron takes it upon himself to fix things up in April and Andy's house and enlists Anne's help. Okay, big question. Why was Ron at the Halloween party? Yeah, he doesn't need find, to go. I find that hard to believe. And and he also has a, a set costume yes. that we got to see for a couple of seasons. Yes, he <laughs> is a pirate. He is a pirate. So I love it. He did go. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little anti-Ron to show up to a Halloween yes. party. Yes. Um, Clearly, he doesn't want to go to a thing like that. He doesn't need to go to a thing like that. But we do see him show up from time to time non-work events sure. with work people. We've seen him in Leslie's house at her dinner party. Yeah. I think there's something about, you know, he doesn't want to admit it, but there's some joy in being with the people, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Ron is the uh, perfect example of someone, it, 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 you know, he's got the facade, mm. but he truly loves these mm. people. And I, yeah, 100% agree with that. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Now, Factors Fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved, which is awesome. And they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So, so good. I love this stuff. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore to help you crush your wellness goals. And let me tell you what I crush they have a smoky bacon and cheddar egg bite that is. Good. Mm. I tried their shakes also, and they were so good. Oh, I'm a Factor fan. Head to factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 and use code parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code parksandrex50 at factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.
this call out where Ben is printing something in this scene uh, where he's in the party's printing something on the printer, obviously. And if you have eagle eyes with quick pausing skills, you'll see that Ben is using a Saber printer, the same Saber from the office. Uh, in fact, uh, some research has told me that Saber printers have been spotted on Dexter as well. Wow. I don't know. I think it's a cool little... Is it a, that's what they call an Easter egg? Is that that I kind think of it's, thing? Yeah, it's, or? it's probably an Easter egg. It could be a thing where this was then created for the office and then they have a lot of props in their prop houses. Oh, that makes sense. And so our, you know, our prop people, Gabe Perello is probably like, oh, we should bring in Saber. Right. Um, Sabre, as they first thought the uh, right. <laughs> the company was called. Anyway. Well, I'm a huge, you know, a huge office fan. And so I love those kind of... Yeah. Little things. I just love it. So Ron taking it upon himself to fix things in April and Andy's house, right? He, yeah. First, he goes to Lowe's and he f- refuses help, but the guy comes up and says, sir, can I help you? And he says, I know more than you to the sales associate. <laughs> and the sales associate is like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, great. I don't have to deal with you. Wonderful. So the, anyway, this story of Ron fixing things in the house, it kind of reminds me of an episode of The Office, speaking of that show. Love it's it. season three, episode 18. It's cocktails. And it's when they go to the party at David Wallace's house yes. and Dwight winds up giving, it's this, this weird sea story with him where he just gives it a very thorough inspection. Yeah, I, It is interesting. There's something really similar, I would guess, a bit about uh, Dwight and Ron in this storyline, which is that I'm in this place. Yeah. I have this interest in this thing and I'm not going to let that stop me. Like, I'm not going to go to the party. I'm not just going to be a party. I'm going to be myself yeah. and I just can't help it. But as this gift for them, as this housewarming gift for them, I'm going to fix their house. And what's so- It goes against all social norms. Yes. You, you don't show up to someone's house no. and start looking for problems. Right. Unless you're like my family who, whenever they come to my house, are like, do you notice that the the toilet's like a little, like the thing's a little loose? My dad will do this thing where he'll just take any poster that's not level. He'll just level it like he has perfect level vision. <laughs> but- <laughs> You know, back to the meet and greet, the title of the episode. Because the storyline for the Halloween party is so strong and is the 720 fake meeting, meet and greet, is that the A story, the meet and greet? Yeah, for sure. So that is the A story. Yeah. Even though it felt very equal, like each, like a lot of times the A is so strong and then your B is less time and then if there's a C and, and whatever. But I felt like this was... Each, each one had their super powerful moments. You know, generally we call an A story. The main story of the episode is usually your main protagonist. In this case, it's generally always Leslie. Yeah. Usually seated in episodes like uh, Aron and Tammy, where it becomes pretty much Ron's story and everyone's a passenger in his story. He's the driver. In this case, it's just Leslie and Tom. So it's two of our 10 characters. Yeah. And the Halloween location party collected everybody else. So at Halloween, you have... Jerry and Chris, you have Ron, Ron and, and Anne, Anne, you yeah. have April and Andy and Ben. Yeah. Um, and so that's perhaps why there. it felt right. So yeah. That's perhaps why it felt that way, which is that yeah. our our B and C stories, which each get progressed with slightly less time, were all at the same location. So every time we went back there, it kind of felt like one big story. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Leslie and Tom are on this bit of an island, um, but it's the main story since it's about Leslie's campaign. Yeah, no, no, I get that. I was just wondering because both were so strong. I yes. thought it was just really tight. And, like, and, and Amy plays that frustration with 
with uh, Tom with disease so well oh in this. God. Because it, you, you, yes. you can't be a jerk. She can't be the jerk character that she started out as that like, she, or not the jerk, but that person who just doesn't get it. Yeah. Like she gets it and she's annoyed. She's annoyed on a friend level. She's annoyed on a, on a coworker level. And you see that. And what's great, we'll get to in the, the end of the episode is that she remembers ultimately like, oh, this is my friend. This is person yeah. I work with, person I really like. Um, and they're going through something. Um, I just really like that. Anytime these characters, first of all, I love how they pair people off sometimes that like this with Ron and Anne is just lovely. Yeah. And because he is so normally wants nothing to do with it. Right. Anne. Like right, he's right. giving her fake names because he's just trying to keep his distance. So, yeah, this was such a nice moment for both of them. And Leslie loves she loves these co-workers. I yeah. mean, they are her they are her heart. And even when he shit all over her, because that was a terrible thing he did. Mm-hmm. Really terrible. Yes. She shows up to her meet and greet. Yeah. To his face. Yeah. Everywhere. On everything. Yeah, no, and she still shows up for a friend after he did that. Show, to her. Exactly, yeah. My God gets into a damn hot tub. Well, uh, let's return to our synopsis because speaking yep. of showing up, you know, we know Chris is still dating Millicent, Ooh, Jerry's daughter. Yes. And he with Jerry's blessing, so to speak, brings her to the Halloween party. Unfortunately, Jerry has to view their raunchy acts on the oh, dance floor, which terrible. makes him very uncomfortable. Played so well, Jim, by you. Thank you. Leslie gives a speech to all the business owners, but Tom interrupts with a huge promotional presentation for Entertainment 720, upstaging her and turning off the crowd. Ben refuses to tell Andy directly that he's mad about them throwing the party. We have Andy wrestling Ben, the Dwyer method of resolving conflicts, right? Yelling, wrestling, crying, followed by lots of hugs, and then more (laughs) wrestling, but the fun kind, and then crying when the fun kind of wrestling gets out of hand. You know, Chris Pratt, who we all love, not to go off on a tangent about Chris Pratt, but he's as kind and wonderful as you want him to be. You know, you, you see this character of Andy Dwyer, and since then, you know, obviously his world has turned around. With He's, he's like a one he? of the biggest movie stars uh, in the whole damn Chris world. Pratt. Yeah, yes. Chris Pratt, that guy. But he is as awesome as you want him to be. But uh, So they were just having a lot of fun. But also Chris sweats. And when Chris was at his heavier days, he sweated even more. Mm. So that was a sweat fest that whole day. But yeah. see, Jim O'Hare who always sweats, mm. loves when other people sweat because it takes some of the attention yes. off of me. Right. So I was very happy that day because he was a, he was a wet mess. Mm. And of course, poor Adam, Ben, is wrapped around a sweat mess. Yes, um, yes. But yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was a big day. It was <laughs> a big day. And actually, those kind of days are fun because so many outfits, so many, our wardrobe people, everybody, mm-hmm, you know, the, mm-hmm. every department in that on that show was so good at what they did. And- the extras were super fun. It was, it was, uh, that was a really special, special day on set. I loved it. A couple of days. It wasn't just one day. I think a lot of the days where it's, it's most of the cast in the same room together. Yeah, it's always the best. A lot of fun because in between takes, yes. you're, you're laughing. Bullshit, you're, bullshit, bullshit. Yeah, bullshit laugh, telling stories. Yeah, right. 100%. 100%. Jim, you teased a bit of this Ron Nan story earlier. Yeah. When we talked to, I just, you know, I love it. The Ron and Ann bond while fixing things. It was a nice use of Ann outside of her kind of just like the normal role she plays as like the straight woman to Leslie or even trying to get Ron and April to like her, yes. right? It, she was genuinely enjoying this time um, and didn't care about Ron's weirdness with her. She's like, I'm learning how to fix something. And Ron pulled her into it. Yes. She didn't. For her she tiny didn't go hands. with him. I mean, he, yeah, for her, t- he needed tiny hands. Yeah. Also, probably as a nurse, she's probably quite steady with her hands. She has sure. To, yeah. So, yeah, makes sense. Um, 
I also I, watching this again. I didn't pick it up pick up on it at the time, but I feel I don't know if I'm crazy, but I feel like Nick and Rashida have some great chemistry here. And dude, this I have series. it in my notes. Same thing. Yeah, it, it it's almost feels like it almost feels like we're building a Ron and Anne love story when you watch the early parts of the season. So she tries to endear herself to Ron and April um, in one of the previous episodes and Born and Raised, you know, add to the fact that he likes pretty dark-haired brunettes. Yes. Now they're having this great bonding session yes. and she seems to like it and he seems to like having her there. It almost feels like for a second that we're purposely building a love story with them. That doesn't obviously happen or does happen. it if you're watching this for the first time or does it <laughs> yeah um but i was just remarking but that is there, there's when you special. guys are in a room piecing these two together is there talk of that do people say well maybe because i know you guys are planning for the future you know right. each episode is about the next one is there ever talk of because really they're very sweet together in here i don't recall them there being talk specifically about these two. We've talked about this in a previous episode of Parks and Recollection, but, um, you know, sometimes you would talk about, should these two people be together? Greg Daniels famously in the room one day said that Ron and Leslie should either kiss or be together. And the reaction Ooh. from the writers were like, no, we don't, that's not right. But did I that- shudder at that. Yeah. Yeah. Did it to see what conversation would arise. Of course, right? Because sure. you never know what idea will come from a pitch. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was conversation about Ron and Anne getting together. Uh, but, you know, we talked about this also with uh, um, April and um, and Andy, with with Aubrey and Chris, where we saw the chemistry between them sure. and said, this is undeniable and this would be so fun. And what if, and it just, it just spawned all these great episode ideas yeah. between the two of them. Um, so anyway, I like watching this and thinking, what if? What if? Absolutely. So let's jump back into our story and our synopsis. Leslie angrily confronts Tom about his actions, and he finally admits that Entertainment 720 has gone bankrupt and that Leslie's meet and greet was his last-ditch effort to acquire clients to save the company. Ron and April continue to repair everything they can find in Andy and April's house. And after being dragged around the entire party by Andy, Ben finally becomes angry and accidentally breaks Andy's nose when he tries to free himself. I just love that Leslie wants to take Tom to get comfort food yes. when he says this yeah. whole truth about his company. You know, I also like when he's he, he says, where are we going to get albacore tuna with crispy onions at this time of night? <laughs> what a great comfy food. It is actually, it sounds like a delicious comfy I food. I guess, but yeah, she's thinking late night, of course, in her case, waffles. But like right. any of us would think a diner or something. And of course, Tom. And she's done this before. She's taken, like, Ron and Leslie have bonded after their fight in Sweetums over sure. diner food. There's, you know, I think for Leslie, the 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 table, the communal dining is a great way to just calm everything down, to just set the level yeah. set and say, this is what's going on. Let's get through it's this. It's the comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. It's totally her comfort agree. zone specifically. Yeah. And and it's a, it's a, it is one of the great comfort zones. Yeah. And time revealing the truth. Mm. was so sweet and yeah. her accepting the truth because right before this she is trying to drown him right she's physically trying to drown him right in that great you know car jacuzzi, <laughs> jacuzzi that he has limo jacuzzi yeah and i love because it's leslie she hauls her ass up on that thing and she just steps right yeah, in yeah she's pissed um and, and there's a line that i wrote down because i, I just it was so great when she does a talking head, when she realizes that this is a shit show, that he has screwed up this whole thing for her. She looks to the camera and she goes, I don't like to throw the word butthead around too often, but I can say without hesitation that Tom is being a real dick. Yes. 
What a great yes, line. Yes, what a yes. great line. And the way Amy Leslie hit the word. Yes. Oh. And because you don't hear her say stuff like that no, too often. So you she's don't. really feeling it. She was feeling it. Yes. Yeah. That was her day. That was her moment. Right. And it's early days in her campaign. campaign yes. These are the important days for her. This is, you know, that feeling where I'm not an imposter. Am I really doing this? And right. here he is kind of stealing the show from the person who's supposed to be the show. Full-blown steal. Right. There's very little right. reference to uh, <laughs> Leslie Nope at all. Um, speaking of losing their cool, you know, it's nice to see Jerry actually lose his cool for once. Yeah. He's exacerbated by... By Millicent and Chris making out next to him. Also, I don't think they're, that moment where the power goes out and then it comes back on they're and just, you see oh. Chris and Millie going at it, almost like their plane is going down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fresh change, right? How, how, how did it feel for that character, for your character to have that moment? I, I just, I love that moment because it is so crazy. It is so ridiculous. And what's, and further, there's a line at the end, which we'll talk about. I'm sure we'll get there that, that Chris says to Jerry that is just mind blowing that father would, his head would explode. But here, Jerry's the one who pushed this because mm. Millicent wasn't coming. Right. Chris was being very respectful. Right. He went from being very respectful to full-blown, mouth-sucking Jerry's daughter. Right. And he's two right. feet away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, amazing. Well, for him, it's like, I've already, I already have permission to marry yes. her, right? Kind of, great, I'm going for it. Good to go, yeah. Um, well, speaking of other relationships, Andy and Ben's relationship in this episode is great. You know, the headlock around the house into we're not friends, we're brothers. Yeah. Such a it's a nice it's yeah. So sweet. Yeah. You know, there's they it kind of just worked out between the two and of them. And as simple as Andy is, he knew something was up. Yeah. And he wasn't gonna let it go. And I love that because Andy has a huge heart. I mean, he's just the Oh my God, an Andy in your life, as crazy it would make your life be, it would yeah. be really wonderful. Well, especially when someone's being passive aggressive. Yes. Right? To not engage and call it out almost helps. It cosigns on that passive aggressiveness. Yeah. It allows it to continue and get worse. And he's going to just like flip the switch kind of thing and be like, no, I'm but stopping it. But for him it. to be the one to do that, yes. I love. I totally agree. Yeah. So, in our synopsis, as we're coming to a close in the episode, Ron thanks Anne for helping him by giving her a brand new toolbox, which she loves. Yay. Leslie and Tom reconcile after Tom shows her the video biography of her life that he originally planned to present. Tom also begs and bribes Kirsten's rubber nipples <laughs> to give Leslie another meeting. Yeah. And as the Halloween party ends, April avenges Jerry by stealing Chris's keys and throwing them in the trash. God bless her. God bless her. To see Ron hand over that, that toolkit, yeah, because for Ron, that's a big deal. That, uh, that to me was his saying to Anne, "You have been anointed. Yes, you. I, we are now acquaintances. Right. You know, friends might be a big word, but we're we're acquaintances. I will acknowledge you. You have impressed me. And he doesn't often give gifts. No, he he gives more like a sly nod, like of approval, but yes. rarely a gift. And it is, hey, gifts parties jobs. Ron's giving Anne a gift party. We got a Halloween party. The Parson and Rec tradition continues of gifts, parties, and jobs. Yeah. It is such a, a lovely moment. I love that moment. And there, I also love when uh, when the elect, there's a power outage and and uh, and Anne's like, okay, we're shutting it down, people. Like she turns into oh, this yeah, like hardcore yeah. yes, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> construction worker. Same way she is when she's saying, we're going to take the, I don't know, I'm just making, I can't remember. We're going to take the phalange and put it into the right, socket. Right, and, right. and he's like, that means absolutely that nothing. Is, yeah, but nothing. she's like, I don't care. I love it. <laughs> And also, we can't forget the moment 
when uh, during the party, when Jerry sees what's happening between his daughter and Chris, and April also sees it, mm. and she walks over to Jerry, she stares at him, and then she, because Jerry's wearing a Mr. Potato Head right. with a smile, and she rips off that smile, and she turns it into a frown. Mm-hmm. What a great moment. It's like a perfect silent film. Yes. Right? That whole sequence is no words. You watch them making out. uh, You know, he's pretty much daggering her on the dance floor. (laughs) April comes over, does this thing. No words, but there's so much said in that. It's really great. And and I can tell you, that's one of the moments people most talk to me about. Really? People love that moment. Mm. Because it's just crushing in many ways. Yeah. (laughs) It's just crushing. Well, that, that Tom and Leslie moment, you know, when he gives her and shows her that video... It's really great. It's really oh, lovely. First of all, awesome. we learn that Leslie's full name is Leslie Barbara Nope. Wow. And she was born on January 18th, 1975. So wow. a little thing for the bio. But just to see him express, I think, her his appreciation for her, yeah. his respect for her, which he doesn't often do. Clearly he does if he made a video like that. Sure, totally. it has that Ken Burns vibe and feel. Uh, so that's the joke in it. But you know, he had to do that. He had to do that from his knowledge of her. So there's something yeah. really, again, sweet that he, she stopped, in a way, caring about her campaign event for the sake of Tom. Yeah. And he spent time doing something for somebody else, for Leslie. Again, when Tom puts his efforts to something, he can make it happen. That video was incredible. Yeah, it's really and great. And heartwarming. Yeah. And she's going to play it on her grave. Like, for the rest of her life, it's going to be playing. She, yeah. it it's was great. Imagine the time editing and all that stuff that goes into that. It makes some. It makes me want someone to do that for me. Just to just put that out well, there for anyone can listening. All hold our breath. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I also want to call out because Jim, you did that great uh, call out of the Mr. Potato Head moment with April. You know, Jerry's last straw is Chris announcing that he's going to take Millie home, and oh. they may ha- may be having intercourse, oh. leading Jerry to leave in a huff, saying. Please, you gotta stop saying things like that to me. Can you imagine? Because you're 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 a comedy character. You're also in in the world. You're also the lady's father. Her father. Where at any point would anyone any? Why would Chris even think to say that? He's just so happy. And Sarah Chris Wright is very Olsen, much about yeah. facts. And Sarah and, Wright and Sarah Olsen is so good in this. So and, she's and she awesome. plays it just right. Every little thing and this this all the this the alchemy of the three of these characters together is great. Yeah. What an episode. What an episode. Oh, my God. So much going on in that episode. (laughs) But I feel like the Halloween episodes always have a lot of fun things because we usually gather everybody into one space. There's a lot of fun. I love our episodes when everybody's kind of feeding off of the same comedy engine, right? This is being the party at Andy and April's house or... I mean, be a lot of them. I'm, the next one that comes to mind is Andy and April's wedding, where everyone's in that space having Love fun, that. Yes. and you get to like feed off and see your favorite people in these little moments. So it kind of feels like this contained—I don't want to say bottle, but this is a contained episode. And then you're throwing an Orin, right? And that just terrifies you. Just terrifies <laughs> you, and but it's so perfect. It's yeah. just so perfect. Yeah, it's great. It's great when you can have someone that everyone feels the exact same. I guess April really loves him, but I feel like if you put a lie detector test on April, she'd be like, I love Oren because he scares the fucking shit out of me. Absolutely. <laughs> she loves Oren because of the reaction she gets yes. from everybody yes. else. Yes. 100%. Yes. That's why Oren is there. Um, well, Oren's there also to terrify the hell out of Ben, which is so funny yes. in this. Um, so Jim, final thoughts on this jam-packed episode. I think we're already talking about it. What are you, how are you feeling? Uh, 
love this episode so much for so many reasons. As a as a guy who got to play one of the characters in the show, Jerry, there was so much going on. You were I, Jerry. I was Jerry in this episode. Oh, okay. I uh, I think I'm April in the next. Yeah, I, okay, well, okay. We, each episode is different. Um, no, but uh, you know, so it was lovely. Jerry's at this party. Hey, he's invited. That number one is is um, <laughs> there, there's a big coup, and then he's happy. He sees Chris, and he's like, "Oh, bring my daughter. It's all good." And then that turns to hell pretty quick because uh, we're on top of each other. But what I love about this episode for Jerry is at the end, April has Jerry's back. Yeah. Because she screws over Chris, and I think that was April's way of saying to Chris. That wasn't cool, dude. You know, the humping and the making out and the the whole thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. That, that's fine. I had that in my notes about the, when I was watching this episode that it's not called out at all, mine, except for that one moment where she turns Jerry's smiley face into a frown that's yeah. just clocking his energy. Yes. But she doesn't really, they don't have a scene together talking no. about it. It's just that one little scene lit between the two of them. But she clearly, it really bothered her enough that she's doing this to get back at Chris and to help you out, to help Jerry out. And I think that's, that's so That's how I great. took it, yeah. totally to help Jerry. And April's character, I think, is very observant. Mm. She doesn't have to have, I mean, throughout the series, she is just very observant and she knows how to mess with people. Yeah. And in this case, as much as she has been on Jerry, you know, <laughs> relentless, <laughs> uh, relentlessly on Jerry, this was a moment. Where she had his back, and yeah. I do love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that it gave me the warms, the the feels. Mm. You know what I'm saying, there, Greg? I gave do, me the feels. I do think I understand what a feeling is. The way you talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, mm, <laughs> if people only knew what goes on around here, that they also, hurt my feelings daily. Everybody, <laughs> somebody help me, help me, help me, get me out of here. Well, does that lead us into our episode MVP, our most valuable Pawnian? Which character, Jim, do you think in this episode sticks out to the most? Do you, do oh, you? boy. I mean, there's so much going on in this episode. Um, from a, from a uh, strictly because I played Jerry, I'm going to give uh, April. I'm going to be mm. just because she came into his back. But as far as the episode overall, you first. I, I'm oh. really, I, I I don't know what to say here. Yeah, this is a tough one because I really love the Leslie and Tom dynamic. Sure, that exists. Course. I love that hot tub scene, the limo hot tub scene where they kind of, you know, Tom breaks down this this uh, confident like shell he puts on himself, this armor. I really love that scene. I love that. But I also love all this stuff. Every character gets so much fun. I mean, Anne gets so much fun with Ron. and So much and so sweet. And she's t- she's so feeling herself at that party. She's just telling the people, here's how it's going to go down, people. Yes, here's yes. how it's going down. Yeah, I think it's yeah, so no, there's fun. Some gr- and everyone has great moments. Everybody has a great moment. Even Donna, because Donna wasn't in this one a whole lot. Right. But her quick moment when she totally... <laughs> dismisses Chris. Do you remember mm. that moment? Oh, sure, Because sure. he's this, and she's like, Mm-mm. and you know, Donna, she don't, yep. she don't mess around. Yeah, yeah. She don't have time for that. So bye bye. So they were, you know, but yeah, I don't know. It's <sighs> tough to say that we're not giving it to a person because I would want to say that it's the party April and Andy threw. Interesting. It's perhaps sure. the most valuable Pawnean here. Yeah. But um, maybe it's the Pawnean we least suspect, and it is Oren. 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 The dark arts master. Wow, who maybe maybe he set the, up this whole, the whole nightmare thing. The whole nightmare. Wow, I like where you're going oh, with shit, that. Orin, you're in the studio with us right now. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? What? Hey, what? what? <laughs> well, um, Jim, we have to talk about something. I don't want to. I know, but we have to. I know, but I know we do, but I don't want to. But yes, okay, let's do it. All right. Well, you have a problem. 
Well, no, it's a sad thing. I mean, it's not ultimate. It's a wonderful thing, and the opportunity is happening for somebody. No, and that's is, always wonderful. No. Yes. We have to say goodbye to Rob yeah, Shelty. Uh, Robbie. I know. Guys, it's been great. I love this show. I really do. You can I'm tell. Uh, just so people know, uh, the work that Rob does to make this all come together is inc truly incredible. I, I don't know. <laughs> Let's yeah. just say it wouldn't be happening without him. And the fact that he's leaving is terrifying. Um, and we're going to miss you because you do such a great job. Well, I really appreciate that because, you know, the silver lining to all of this is now I'll be able to like listen to the episode and not feel like, uh, oh, I'm at work, you know, yeah. mm -mm -mm. because I have such a blast sitting in here and then I, you know, will edit the episodes to like find the best possible moments for you guys. And then by the time the episode comes out, I'll be like, I'll listen to it in a week. You sure. know, I'll listen right. to it in two weeks, right. you know, and I'll have to come back to it. But now everything's going to be fresh. Sean Doherty's going to take over for me as production. And he is so incredibly talented that this show is going to be set up for success. And I'm really excited to hear what's to come. That's amazing. Yeah, it sounds I, like it's going to be better the way you talk about way it. Way better. Thank God this is oh, happening. <laughs> Why have you been here all this time? Well, yeah. here's the thing. Gee, I added boy, keeping that. us down. Yeah, what Guys, the you guys do, I added the animosity in our show outlines. You don't have to do it. Oh, okay. Like, okay. Now. So we're going to yeah. stop that. Yeah. No, but truly, you did such amazing work prepping for every episode. Um, and I know Sean, because he's going to do amazing also. But you are going to be missed. But, you know. Well, change is a part of life, it is. and we wish it you the is. best in the next, and next, and next, and we'll miss you, and, um, you know, after talking about such a great episode today, yes, with so it was many more to come, one. it was so good, I can't wait to be back at this desk with you next time, Jim, but unfortunately not with Mr. Rob Schulte oh. with us, our amazing producer, to Joe Samuel, our amazing engineer, um, and I feel like it's fitting, I don't know if you, I think he, Will you please say goodbye to Pani from all of us, oh, Shalti? Uh, you know what? This could get me. Be careful how you do it. It could be very sad here. Well, from all of us here at Parks and Recollection, goodbye from Pani. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hey, everybody, this one is um, one of the more special guests, at least for me, uh, because we have Sarah Wright Olson. Now, who's Sarah Wright Olson? Well, ladies and gentlemen, she is the one, the only, Millicent Gergich. That's right. Yes. Jerry. That's right. Your daughter. My daughter. <laughs> Jerry's daughter. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It is so great to have you here. Um you know, there are certain special people. You played my daughter. So that was, you know, I, I, 
I just love you. And I have, you know, here and there followed what you're doing in your world. And cause, you, and I know we're going to bounce around with 10 different topics, but after parks, you did a film with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Like we you did. were like his wife, right? Like a, a huge major motion picture with Tom Cruise. Yeah. It's definitely because, because, because of me. It's because, because of me. Yeah. <laughs> and my issue with this is I haven't seen a nickel. I know. Yeah, it's interesting yeah, take. But, <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, you've had like an unbelievable career. And the fact that you were on Parks uh, just warms my heart. And I don't know. I love Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, Sarah, about how you came to join us on the show. And that first, I think the first episode uh, we meet you is when you're going to go out to lunch with uh, with Jerry, with Jim, and and with Rob Lowe and Chris Drager, and and just thrown into the story. Uh, <laughs> tell us about joining the show. It was so exciting. I loved the show. I think when the show first started, I had auditioned for another role, like somewhere in the first season, and um, I didn't get it. But I was pumped. I watched all the episodes. And then um, one day I just got a call out of the blue. Hey, they want you to come and do parks. And I was like, what? I don't have to audition. (laughs) And they were like, well, no, you already did. You like, they kept your audition from whatever it was last year or whatever, you know, whenever that was. And they loved it, but they thought about you for this other role. They want you to come and play Jerry's daughter. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, this is so great. And um, I was so pumped. I mean, to to work with you, Jim, it was such a dream. You were the biggest delight and most joyful, oh. wonderful human being. Everyone <laughs> on the show is so lovely and warm. I mean, Rashida was like, oh my gosh, use my trailer. Like, come hang out. <laughs> I was like, it's on. But I was like, sure, thank you. Um, but everybody was so great. And Rob was amazing to work with and just really funny. And we had weirdly like some friends in common. And, um, so it was awesome. I was so excited and just, I felt so relaxed coming in that first day that, um, I wanted to be there as much as possible. Oh, I love that. How was it weird again, just because, you know, Rob Lowe has been around, you know, we all know who Rob Lowe is. He's Rob Lowe. So yeah. When you got the role, did you know that this was, he's going to be your love interest? Like, did they say no. that up front? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. And then, you know, because I I think they just like offered it to me and said I was going to be playing your daughter, but they didn't say like what the sort of plot line was going to be. So um, when I had like, I think one of the first days that we shot, it was for that scene where we were having lunch together. And then we run into him and I had read it before and I was like, it's weird. It kind of feels like he's, Maybe you're gonna have a crush on me. Okay. And um, and he was just so wonderful too. I mean, he's like the nicest and so funny. And um I was a little nervous uh to meet him and to see, you know, you you never know. It's like either somebody that is that incredibly famous and known for so much, they're either going to be awesome or they're really going to disappoint you. You're going to hate them forever. 100%. Yes. <laughs> That's how I felt when I met Jim. Yeah, it was disappointing. When I met Jim, it was truly terrible. Truly terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, here's what, here's what I do love about, um, like, we're hearing of this from you. And because it's something I always thought, and I probably mentioned it here before, uh, the atmosphere on Parks was, it was truly lovely. And, you know, we've all been on a lot of different shows where, 
boy, some crazy stuff can happen sometimes and personalities get nutty and this one's not talking to this one and this one's We never had that. And I, I love that whenever I saw a guest star in a chair, you know, getting hair and makeup in the morning, every one of us approached that person. Hey, welcome to the show. I don't know, validate. Well, there was this um, unofficial no assholes policy at Parks, yeah. which was like, you know, uh, some someone would come in and they would do a role and great, you had that for the story. But if it, they didn't, you know, jive well, then like we would say maybe that character shouldn't come back or whatever. But then right. some people were so fun, were great, just felt like part of the family. And so in the writer's room, it's incentivizing to say, well, how else can we bring that character back? It They bring a great joy to the set and mm -hmm. let's just keep that coming. And I think that was the, the kind of the Parks MO. So you auditioned for the show and didn't get that part, but got the part perhaps you're born to play. Um, uh, what was the part you auditioned for? Do you remember? I, you know, I, I wish I could remember. I feel like it was something not as exciting. Ron Swanson? Was it Ron Swanson? It was, yeah, it was Nick Sarah, Offerman. Sarah, is yeah, that the role yeah. you auditioned <laughs> yeah, for? Yeah. yeah, it was Ron Swanson. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, Strange. Yeah. No, it wasn't for a regular, it was like for a guest star. Um, and I feel like she was either like in a beauty pageant or she was a stripper. I can't remember what it yeah. was. It, was it like could have been the beauty pageant episode. That yeah, makes sense. Early on that in season sense. two. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. it's that. I also think it's a great testament to uh, great casting directors. I worked for a casting director for a short time and got to experience that like when they find people they like, they just keep bringing them back. Yeah. I think it's a testament also to, we had Allison Jones and Nancy Perkins the first yes. season and Dorian Frankel, Dorian the, Frankel going yeah. forward. And good people are brought in and then we remember yeah. those good people and then they keep reminding us about that. We're like, oh, we already brought, you know, we brought Sarah in once. And yeah. and so it's a great, I think yeah. it's a good testament also to the, the role that the casting directors play, especially in, your stories about how you wound up on these shows. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was like a, she, I was told that there was like a file that they kept for certain people that they like loved their audition, but obviously that's not where they were going with that specific character. So they were just like, okay, we put you in the file of like the, this, I don't know, whatever they called it. And yeah. then that's, that's we, how they yeah. tripled back for this. Well, you I know? can, I can, so. I want to jump in and say that we did in the writer's room, uh, computer on the writer's room computer, we had a folder where we took, casting videos that we liked but yeah. maybe they didn't wound wound up in that episode and then we would throw them in for like uh, um public forums or maybe there's like we needed like yelling people or oh, and just to keep and then sometimes in your in in the casting process in the maybe casting sent us auditions and the right person wasn't there for that role rather than bring a bunch of people in yeah we would click on videos <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and be reminded of these people and be like oh yeah that was a great person let's bring them in it's great. Did you have any idea that Christy Brinkley was going to be coming in at oh, this point? Great question. No, I had no clue. I mean, when I found that out, I was like, wait, <laughs> what? It's so random. I know. It's like describing a fever like, dream, right? Exactly. <laughs> it was obviously a complete shock for me. And yeah. um, I mean, everybody knows who Christy Brinkley yes, is. Yes, everybody. Um, I don't know that everybody knows that she is the most joyful, yes. happy, yes. wonderful human being. I mean, mm. now with social media, they probably know that because if you follow her, you can just see like what she puts out there is just that's who she is. Yeah. Um, but I mean, talk about I grew up, you know, in Kentucky and I grew up you know, on a farm. And like when I was a little older and decided to like move away from home, I was like, I'm going to model. And of course, like. 
Christy Brinkley was like one of those people from that time in the eighties where I was like, oh, she, that's the girl, you know, she was like her and Cindy Crawford. And there's just so many like amazing models from that time. And so she was somebody that I was like, oh, she's awesome. You know, <laughs> yes. Thought the great work. And then I find out she's going to play my mom. And I was like, what? Yes. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you nailed it. Amy would say mm. that uh, Christy literally walks in a room and it lights up. She has mm-hmm. the, not just her smile, because of course that, you know, the million dollar smile, they call it her personality, her storytelling, her love mm-hmm. for what she does and for the people around her. It is genuine. And I, I you know, between takes many times, you know, if the setup is going to take a while, if we were on location, everybody would end up in a trailery type of thing or a, a big uh, Winnebago or whatever. And, you know, Rob Lowe is a great storyteller. And yes. what I always remember is, even so, you know, we're talking this, and I love old Hollywood stories. Like, I can listen to that stuff for years. I, I just love it. And he, Rob, he would be just like like the rest of us when she would tell a story. Because mm. she has been through it. Like, she needs to write books. She has been through she, it. Christy and Brinkley. she had. That was the crazy thing. I remember. <laughs> I remember that one day we were having lunch and it was like me and you and Rob and I, I, like a couple of other people were in there in her trailer, like this massive <laughs> bus they brought for her. And um, she was like, come to my bus for lunch. You know, and so we all went there and then she starts telling us the crazy story, the story about the like crash that the happened. The helicopter, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she starts telling us this whole story. And the whole time I'm like, I... First of all, I didn't know any of this. And I was like, you should write a book. And she's like, I did. And I was like, oh, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. But you looked at me like, she did. And I was, I was like, oh my God. I didn't know that. I'll see myself out. Yeah, know that. I don't belong here anymore. I'll see I'm gonna, myself out. I'm, sub- I'm going to exit the giant bus now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. Uh, Jim, you describe uh, uh, Rob that he made a deal with a, a demon. Oh, Rob absolutely has cut a deal with the like devil. Perhaps Christy met. The they same might demon. have done the same thing because yeah. Rob is just—I could slap the crap out of him. Uh, we were just <laughs> with him the other day, and it's like, what is wrong with this? This is not something is wrong. Well, you're talking about um, these now scenes with Christy there too, and we meet Jerry's family, and we see the family home life. I want to know what it was like filming those family scenes. I want to know what those moments were like and on when you were shooting and when you would, you know, would cut would happen. And what was that time like, guys? I mean, I felt like we had all like known each other for way longer than yeah. the few days that we had all met because everyone had a very similar energy and vibe of like, oh, we're so excited. Like we're filming something really special. And, you know, Chrissy's amazing. Jim's amazing. Like we're doing this thing. I don't know. It just felt so good. And it was just the energy on the set was already so special um, that it was just fun. And the cool part for me, because I really wanted to work with Amy and um, I didn't get a chance to work with Amy as much, you know, but then when we went to Jerry's home, then Amy was there. And um, this is, I think, one of the episodes when I came back. This is Jerry's retirement. Jerry's retirement episode. Yes. Okay. So that episode, and I actually had different color hair. I was telling Jim that um, I was like blonde and it was like, Chrissy was our mom. We both looked really, you know, similarly by being, you know, like blonde hair or whatever. But then when I came back, I was shooting something else. So I was brunette and with bangs. Mm. So it looked very different. <laughs> but also what people might not know is that I was pregnant 
was my mm. first child. And I, I was don't only think like, I knew that. I don't think anybody on set, except Amy figured it out. She like called it or something. There was something that happened and she was like, wait a minute. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm pregnant. Mm. And oh. I think I was only three and a half or four months pregnant. I was just barely showing, but you know, where I don't remember what it was. It was some dress that I was wearing. We were trying to figure out how to hide it. So wardrobe was like helping me because I had a little bit of a bump. And so that's why my outfit was the way that it was mm. and everything. And I was, I think behind a table and it was like hiding. I was, we were all like sitting at a table or something, but it was interesting. Mm. So I got to work with Amy and I was so pumped. And this was an exact moment when we were at that table. It was the break. Mm -hmm. We were, Amy came over to the house. It was the big realization. What I love about that episode, so many great things, but where Amy realized Jerry kind of did have it all. Jerry, Jerry he, figured it out. Jerry yeah. had figured it out. Now yeah. they might treat him like, however, at the office right. and he is the punching bag, right. but my God, Jerry figured it out. And so yes. we're, uh, there's moments and it still happens to me and it's, I love it when it happens. So we're sitting there. It's me, Christy Brinkley, you, the other girls playing the daughters and Amy Pohl. Yeah. And that's like between takes, I have these moments of how the hell am I here? Like truly, how the hell am I here? Mm. It, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, there, yeah. And I still, I, I get right now thinking yeah. about it. I'm getting a little, little bit of chills on my arms. I, I just, those are such special moments in that episode. I don't know. I, I loved every moment. And all of us sitting there singing eggs, bacon, and toast. Well, of course, guys. Tell us about that song, because that's one of my questions. Fam <laughs> there should be a Gurgich family album. Yes. But, <laughs> did you rehearse that song? How did that we go? Did rehearse, tell us, yes, we definitely give us rehearsed. The, give us the breakdown, the oral history of eggs, bacon, and toast. I feel like we rehearsed it in the makeup trailer. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, of course. And I also feel... Uh, oh, Mark, Mark, uh, Mark Rivers, Rivers, who wrote our music for Parks and Rec. Yeah, I think he sent it to us or somebody sent it to us ahead of time. Oh, yeah. So we're, you know, like this is going to be our this song. And so we got familiar with it. Do you remember the Halloween episode? Oh, dear God. Yes. Where Jerry had to watch Rob Lowe grind all over his daughter. Yes. Oh, my I God. <laughs> that episode was so much fun. And the thing I love so much about Rob is that he like. We'll try anything and he doesn't care. Like he wasn't like he would he was trying all different things and they were like, maybe don't do that. And yeah. he like doesn't have like a thing about it, you know? Yeah. He was like, okay, cool, I'll try something else. And like, I don't know. I just like I love when someone because I worked with another actor who's like a mega star like that, and he would had no problem taking notes. Like mm. Loved it, so game on, and I I just love that so much. Mm. I love seeing that. For me, I'm a, I love a note because I'm like, ooh, I want to try something else. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. some people get weird about it. You know, someone comes to you and says, "Let's talk about your time at Parks." Do you have a favorite moment? Of, is there a favorite episode you were in, or a favorite scene you did, or some? Give us that that you know that Mount Rushmore moment for you at Parks. <laughs> I do think that that moment for me was the Halloween episode, only because I got to work with everybody that day. Mm. So it was like. All of us and what was like Chris and Aubrey and Red, like every Rashida, yeah. like everybody, everybody came in. There, yeah. the, I feel like it was like all of us showed up at some point. And and that to me was so cool because I got to see like all these people that I've been watching. I got to see them all there, <laughs> interact with them in some way, watch scenes what they were doing. You know, mm. I love to like go behind the monitor and see what everybody else is doing. I'm, you know, kind of like a I get like giddy about when you're on set, just the nostalgia of it all, you know, yeah. and like everything play out and, and I'm like pinching myself always. Well, let me ask you when you, when you did, yeah. when you found out you're Jerry's daughter, cause you were someone who watched the show. So you were a fan of the show. 
Was there a yeah. little like, ooh? Like, was there, no, no, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying because I'm like, I'll hold out for a better yeah, role. No, not, I'm just saying because Jerry was at that point certainly the punching bag of the office. And so, right. were you like, oh, Jerry's not like, was there any weirdness no. to that or? Not at all. I was so excited. Oh, I was like, this is going to be great. <laughs> I, who knows? I didn't even know. I'm telling you that when they asked me to do the role, I hadn't even read anything. They were just like, will you come and play this role, Millicent Gergich? You're going to play Jerry's daughter. And I was like, heck, oh, yes. yeah. Are you that. kidding? Wow. And then you find out Christy Brinkley's your mother. That's got to be like. Like a dream. Yeah, that's dream a dream. True. Well, when they, I never <laughs> knew what was happening with that. One day, Mike said, we're thinking about a Christy Brinkley type. And I'm sure if there was a camera on me, it would have been, what? Mm. What? Like, I, and you would have been like, I'll, I'll settle for the type. <laughs> I'll say, well, I assumed <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah, settle yeah. for the type. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who the hell thinks we're getting Christy Brinkley? Yeah. So I assumed. They were like trying to get case, her. I mean, it's a long story, but Sailor is the reason she did it. Her daughter, Sailor. That's right. Because Sailor. Oh, Sailor watched it. Sailor watched it. Uh, I don't think Christy knew who we were. And my the, the story Sailor has told me is that um, Christy, you know, she mentioned to her, oh, they, they called me about this show, Parks. And she goes, Parks and Recreation? That's fine. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And they want me to play someone's wife. And Sailor, he was, she was trying to figure oh, out who, who could, could it, be? it be? Who could it be? And then finally, she says to uh, Christy, Jerry Gurkich? That's And funny. she goes, yeah. Oh, mom, please. You have to do it. <laughs> so that is, Christy didn't know who okay. we were. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but Sailor did. Yeah. Mm. So that's how. I remember her coming to set yeah, and visiting. So, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then we uh, had to take, I remember there were like family pictures we had to take. It was really yeah. very special. Yes, yeah. Yes. It was a, that was a fun one to send to my dad and my mom and be like, look who is <laughs> like, playing my mom. <laughs> yes. Well, of course, because that would have been their era. That would have been, they yeah. certainly would have known. Oh, Christy. yeah. Well, first, like you said earlier, everyone knows Christy Brinkley. Everybody knows. Yeah. yeah She's knows iconic. Christy. She's iconic. You remember those like photos from, you know, whatever the magazine was from that time. Like mm. you have those embedded in your brain. Mm. Like yeah. it's just, it was iconic. She was, she is iconic. She is iconic. And she is smart business, a smart businesswoman too. Yeah. She is not just some little blonde who people around who are making things happen. She's making things happen. She yeah, does still sure. does that. She still promotes that same machine. And she says she goes <laughs> in once a year and redoes a, a commercial. I mean, she's just smart. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 well, speaking of making things happen, Sarah, you also are an incredibly busy person. And you really are. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Raise a family. She's got three kids. Yes. And, yeah. and, um, and several companies. We would love to hear about how you also spend your time if it's not just <laughs> recollecting on Parks and Rec with us. Yeah, do you just spend your days thinking yeah, about, oh, yeah, Jerry, yeah. God When do I get to talk to Jim Basically, that's all I do is think, gosh, I, gee, I wish that yeah. show was still on. <laughs> Mommy, I have to eat. No, no. I'm thinking no. about Parks and Recreation. <laughs> yeah, You'll yeah. eat later. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. I am very busy. <laughs> yeah, I uh, started a company um, with a friend of mine called Bayo. It's like an organic skincare company. Um, when I had my first child and then uh, my girlfriend, Teresa Palmer, she's an actress as well. Um, her and I started this company called Yours and Mama. And it really just started as a place, like a community for moms to kind of go to and write articles and share stories and stuff like that. Because we just felt... Like we were the first of our friends to have babies and we felt a little lost in the city. Like this is just not where I'm from. And um, so we kind of like created this online space for mothers. And then that turned into um, Penguin Random House wrote us an email 
that said, we want you to write a book. And I swear, I thought it was fake. <laughs> I was like, no way. Wow. <laughs> no one is coming and asking me to, to write, write a book. book. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. We're thinking of period like, drama. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then like a few email exchanges and I was like, wait, Teresa, I feel like this is real. Like she seems legit. And she's like, I'm flying into town. I want to meet with you guys. And so anyway, long story short, we wrote a book um, for Australia called uh, The Zen Mamas. And it was like a whole guide to pregnancy, birth and beyond. And then um, HarperCollins here, it was like Harper Horizon, one of their um, branches uh, wanted to turn it into a book for the U.S., so then we wrote it for the U.S. and um, we turned that into a podcast called The Mother Days, D A Z E. And so now we, you know, interview moms. We talk about birth stories. We interview, I don't know, manifestation experts, yeah. like tarot card readers. We do everything. Uh, and then I wrote a children's book, Damn. and um, that came out last year. <laughs> And wow, wow. Definitely someone coming in and saying, like, hey, we want you to write something gave me a little bit of confidence to go, like, me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll try that. And I really fell in love with I it. Tuned into a couple of the podcasts. Two things Aww. I have to say about it. Number one, Teresa's voice. I know. That Australian <laughs> accent. Oh my goodness. So She's number one. Great number one. That that okay. but here's what I love. You can tell it's two girlfriends talking. Women who have been through this chatting and you're also you can tell dear friends and i love listening to that type of podcast you know like this oh, one's tough for you. people to listen to because i you know yeah greg this, and i yeah. are just at each other's throats all yeah, the time this one's tough this one's tough no but really you guys there's it's a very it's a relaxing calm um and friendly podcast and i couldn't mother days it, it, you really should check it out especially if you have kids and i don't have kids and i loved it so hmm. There Thank you, go. you. I mean, it's for everybody. So yes. And is your husband, because uh, you're married to Eric Christian Olson, who, uh, just yeah. a quick backstory. We were at, I'm guessing a rap party, but it could, who knows? It was some kind of yeah. parks rap thing kind of event. Uh, and I got to meet Eric and, you know, he's as shockingly good looking as, as Sarah. Is, okay. you know? So they're okay. just these beautiful people okay. who somehow <laughs> in life that happens. I don't know. But okay. he you know, I always think I did seven years on parks. We did 126 episodes. That's the dream. Like, wow, what a gift. Totally. Your husband yeah. has done roughly 300 mm-hmm. episodes mm-hmm. of NCIS. Yeah. That is NCIS un- LA. LA yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is unbelievable. It's a lot of, that's a lot of episodes. I have to tell you. It I, I did the math. It's a lot. It's a lot of episodes. <laughs> 14 years of, of our lives together. And wow. we've been together for six 17 and a half years, I think. So mm. 14 of it has been him on NCIS LA, wow. which is so crazy. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Met, we met doing a, a comedy on Fox um, for Will Gluck and Pam Brady. And um, they're an amazing, like, you know, he's a, Will is a director now and he also writes. And then Pam Brady is an amazing writer. She came from, from uh, South Park and she wrote Team America, World Police. And she's just like hysterical. But we did a show together with them called The Loop. That's where we met. And that was, you know, like 18 years ago, which is crazy. What a ride. Yeah, it is really wild. Like you get a job, and especially in this industry where this with the jobs you do take up a lot of your time. Yeah. You spend a lot oh, yeah. of time on set in a writer's room and wherever and, and edit with these people, and they become the second family. 
this little these shows change people's lives in yeah. unexpected ways. Yeah. I, I have to say too, just for like anybody out there that's, you know, acting and or trying to book jobs or whatever it is, like I've always thought about it this way. And it's definitely helped me throughout my, you know, time as an actor is that, you know, with each one of the auditions, especially something that you really, really want and it doesn't happen, like you're putting good work out there. You're going in like auditions are work, yes. you know? And when, when you do that and you put good stuff out into the universe, like, and you're in front of people that you really want to work with, like it can always come back around. So you take those moments as like a win. You to go in and you mm. do what you wanted to do and yeah. you feel really good about it. That's a win, you know? And so I remember that if, it, if that was the beauty pageant episode, I think you're right, um, that I auditioned for. And I remember walking away thinking like, oh, nailed that one. Mm. Like, yeah, definitely yes. definitely going to get that We've all been part. there, yes. <laughs> you know, like, oh, that phone call like, will come in any yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, didn't happen this yeah. summer. I, like, yeah. Oh, well. Um, yeah. But then, like, look what happened later. It's like. We have to thank Sarah yeah. for this time together. Sarah, this has been, I got to tell you, unbelievable. so heartwarming for me to see you. And again, you look exactly like you did the day you showed up on set. And for that, like, <laughs> that really is what life, it is. It's, it's, that is what it is. <laughs> and also, everybody, go. how can people watch? Because truly, I, I, I listen to some podcasts. They're so heartwarming. So where can people go and find you and figure um, out what's going on? You can find us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Um, so Apple, Spotify, it's called The Mother Days. It's D-A-Z-E. And we also record videos. So you can find us on YouTube as well. And then what about your skincare and that type of stuff? Yeah. So Bayo is B-A-E-O dot com. Um, so check out Bayo. We have stuff for the whole family. And yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. Like that's, like, that's nothing. That's a, yeah. What else? Uh, <laughs> really, listen, so you're you only an actress and I mean, author. You're yeah, you know yeah, doing yeah, podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah, that's sure it. you Nothing can find um, our, my movie with Tom Cruise on. Wait, okay. Just a little gossipy thing. How was that? Oh, so great. Was it great? Tom is a dream. And that whole process was so crazy. Like auditioning for um, a movie like that was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I'm just going to go in and do the best I can because I'm never going to get trolled. Exactly. Yep. I know that else. feeling. Yep. Like, whatever, you know? And um, before I walked in, Minnie Marin is the one who was the casting director. And she was like, okay, so just like be really confident. And, um, whatever's happening, if someone's eating, if someone's doing this, that, whatever, she was just like prepping me. She's like, ignore it. Look at me and be super confident. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and I think it was like day three of audition. So maybe people were going mm. in and they were really nervous, you know, yeah. and like things were falling apart. So I went in for director and producers and I started my very first line. Very first thing. It totally totally fucked it up. Yeah. And I was like, Oh no. And then I looked at her and I was like, I was like, I'm going to start all over again. And I looked at Mindy and she was like, confident. and she was like, really like mm. pull it together. Okay. And so, um, I started again and I was like, okay, that went good. And then the director kind of like his Doug Lyman is the director. And he kind of like snapped up a little bit and he was like, hmm, all right, let's try something else. And then, uh, it was just ended up being one of those moments in an audition where I was like, thank God she told me to like be confident, pull together. Cause I didn't realize how nervous I was mm. until that moment I messed up. And then yeah. I was like, okay. But I walked out of there like almost in tears. Cause I was riding this adrenaline high 
And then, you know, a week later, they're called and said, we're flying you to Atlanta to read opposite Tom Cruise. And I was like, what? And then that was a four hour audition. <gasps> it was crazy. With Tom, we worked for four hours. It was more like a work session. And we did four hours of like working on different parts of the script and auditioning different things and trying out scenes and him getting notes and me getting notes and like all this stuff. But there, he was doing this with like three, there was like three other girls auditioning. So I was, I didn't, I was like, I guess this is just his process, yeah. but it was like actor boot camp. Like mm. I felt like it was in boot camp. Oh, wow. it was terrifying. And when you left there, <laughs> were you confident? Were you like, well, there's three other girls and I don't know. And no, I mean, I knew going in flying there that I was like up against other people. And I was just like, you know what? Like I get to read with Tom Cruise yeah. for this. I just have to be so grateful for where I am and be really present and try to learn from this process because Definitely not going to get this role. Yes, <laughs> yeah. no, but we do, we are be, we have the I, same brain when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. like you know what. I'm just, but we pulled up actually to the place, and Tom is standing out front in a white t-shirt and a pair of jeans and his aviator sunglasses. And I'm I have all my shit. You know, like when you have mm. like your bag and your jacket and like your drink and like everything. <laughs> and we pulled up, and he's standing outside, and I was like. God, I have so much stuff to carry inside. <laughs> and it's like, I can't walk up cool and like nothing. And I'm so afraid I was going to like trip or getting out of the van with all the things. And I kind of like walk up to him and someone comes over and takes all my stuff. And then he's like, let's just hang out and talk for a minute. And I was like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> cool. <laughs> wow. Are you sure? Yeah, um, Tom. And we just chatted for like 25 minutes or something outside about life growing up like home this was his way of like let's get comfortable with each other and then let's go inside and then mm. we'll start working um and then we went inside and we did the audition and it went on and on and on and on and on and um the next day they asked me to come back mm. they i didn't tell me i had the job or anything so i got in a plane to fly back to la and i was like telling my husband like that they had me come back in today like i don't know my husband was like, oh my God, you definitely got it. You definitely. And I was like, they did not tell me anything. They just said, go back in. You guys are, might work on some material, but just go back. And as soon as I landed in LA, my phone rang and it was my agent and my lawyer. And they were like, you got the job. I, I love like, that. What a oh, moment. What that's a moment. A, those are moments that will be with yeah, you for every yeah. day. Insane. That is, he puts out amazing films and all that kind of stuff. So, I, wow. Oh, if, he's a and he's a dream to work with. Like mm. he he wanted me to be a part of the whole process. Like mm. he, I've never had an experience like that in my life. Like he had me all the rehearsals. We did tons of stuff together. He had me come to tech scouts. Like he wanted wow. me to see everything because I was playing his, you know, wife in yeah. it. We had to get to know each other really well, and then. The more I was around, the more they were like writing more for the story. They've added more to, you know, the third act. Like it was just so awesome. And the process was, I, it was a once in a lifetime mm. thing, I think. Oh, like just so great. amazing. So great. This was a, a, a treat a beyond a, a treat. Um, when I Thank got you. the word that you were coming on, I was giddy, I guess would be the right word. Um, <laughs> you're as, so those people who have never met you, Sarah is as lovely in person as she is on things you've seen her on. Um, she's loving and wonderful, and uh, I couldn't be prouder to call you my my TV daughter. <laughs> couldn't be prouder. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. It's so nice. Thanks for having Thank me, guys. You, oh, really Hopefully, we'll do this again. Awesome. Much love. Sounds Bye, good. Sarah. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 
This has been a Team Coco production. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.